Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Around the Emirates with Sarah. I'm here with another Sarah. Welcome. Hi, thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be on. I'm very excited to have you on too. Uh, so I wanted to have Sarah on the show because Sarah is actually uh, the founder of something called The Letters Project, which is a movement that I think is fantastic, something that none of maybe most of us haven't seen anywhere in the UAE or maybe in, across the Middle East. Um, so Sarah, do you want to tell me about The Letters Project and why you started it? Sure. Um, first of all, thank you so much for calling it uh, a movement. I was, you know, to me, it's so interesting. The project started uh, sort of at the tail end of 2017, and I never foresaw it being sort of as big as it has become. It's just, and it's honestly driven by civic society. The people have really kind of pushed for these conversations to take place and um, advocated for a sphere for kind of culturally taboo yeah. or underrepresented uh, sort of outline conversations to exist so honestly it's driven by the community it has literally I have no I play no part other than being a facilitator I play zero part in the in the um in the sort of progression of of, of the project but um to give you sort of like a bite-sized understanding of the less project it is a platform for um for letters to be submitted by anonymous people. Um, the letters can come from all over the world, but due to the algorithm of uh, Instagram and the way in which it's been sort of reposted and reshared, it is sort of now centralized to the, the, the Wanasa region. So most likely kind of like uh, West Asia, North Africa and South Asia. So um it's a platform where people can submit anonymously there is no request for any personal data from anyone you can submit through the website without any um personal information and you can submit a story literally about anything and everything but they have to be within the uh, constraints of the um the the sort of disclaimer that we that we allowed so we don't allow any sort of conversations about politics or uh, anything that disrespects a specific body of people or government. Um, and the rest is kind of like up to, to the audience to provide. So that's the Lettuce Project in a nutshell. I see. Okay. So what would you say um, really made you feel like this is like, because it's interesting the way that you've done it, right? So it's, it's not just like, you know, uh, people can come and send you a DM and then like, like you put it on. It's, people's like honestly earth-shattering stories people's personal yeah. like stories are there so what made you feel like you know what I need to bring this out of people I need to give people this platform to to, to, to do this so I think the only way I can answer that is to bring it back to 2017 and how it initially started so the letters project came by way of just kind of an idea that I had when I was living in London I used to be, I mean, now not so much, but back in 2017, when uh, Instagram introduced uh, Instagram stories, where you could just mm -hmm. kind of like rant about whatever you wanted to, I kind of took it as a way to engage in sociocultural topics. Okay. Um, because I was in London, it was like, I was talking about everything within arts and culture, but through the lens of like our region or recontextualized for our region. And these types of conversation really sparked a lot of conversations in the private the, in the sort of like private sphere of the dms so when people would 
casually slide into the DMs and kind of say, yes, I completely echo your sentiment or no, I disagree with it. Or please let me share this anecdotal reference of, of my own experience, which is very in line with what you were talking about. Um, and in the end, I would always kind of ask them like, can I share your story um, onto the platform? And they would say, yeah, sure. And I said, I would just kind of remove your name. And so it started to become a thing where people would start to share my uh, Instagram stories and start going, yes, I, I concur what this person has said or no, I don't. And so I ended up making it a highlight on my public Instagram, on my own personal uh, Instagram. And then in the end, I thought like, you know, this is actually something quite special because people are really invested in these stories. And sometimes if, you know, cause obviously with uh, Instagram stories, it would only last for 24 hours. So after yeah. they were gone and I wouldn't save it in the highlight, people would be like, oh no, do you remember that story? It was so amazing and heart-wrenching. Where is it? And I was like, well, it's no longer, no Gone. longer. In <laughs> yeah. So that kind of um, pushed me into, into uh, kind of uh, creating the Lessers Project as its own sort of private entity. Um, and so I think to go back to your question, I think that's what kind of drives the, the the stories to be told because it initially came from wanting to voice these conversations and bring them to the foreground. And we had certain stories that actually propelled the Letters Project into like a completely different thing. I mean, there was 200 mm. people following the Letters Project when it first started. And then there was a, and it always comes in waves. So there would be like 200 followers and then, I don't know, like three or four letters or then 10 letters, 20 letters, and then like 5,000 followers would just follow straight after this one letter. Yeah. And um, I can remember the certain letters that would come out. So the first one was um, someone wrote a letter about being half Emirati. Mm -hmm. And that really kind of uh, hit home for a lot of people within the context of the UAE. And it was reposted by, a be I believe, a woman called Belkis on Twitter and wow. then she had a huge following. And then all of a sudden there was, within two days, there was like 5,000 followers. And so it was just, it came through by way of sort of word of mouth, or I guess not even word of mouth, but word of digital sphere. So, um, and, that, and that happened again with this, with the letter called um, Abe, um, Abe and a Virgin, I think, or, or um, like young, young and a Virgin. And it was a story about a woman sort of experiencing the, the honeymoon night having this sort of man um that she didn't really know have such kind of like agency and autonomy over her body and she just had never had this interaction prior and it hit home it got reposted um I believe on a Lebanese um kind of like feminist driven platform like that talks right. about womanhood and feminism and then it got 20,000 likes like just straight up wow. and then a wave of maybe 5,000 followers 6,000 followers so it does come in waves okay I see that's that's interesting like because I mean I, I guess I could have the same thing like some episodes for me like have like a nice amount of engagement and some episodes are like whoa like everyone's following it everyone's liking it and I was like yeah. where did this come from so no that does make sense um different target audiences will bring you different types of engagement and you know will will interact with with this, the content more um mm -hmm. so what would you say has been your biggest challenge throughout this process and how did you overcome it Whew. girl where do I even start I mean the Letters Project has been shut down three times now. Um, Why? Uh, yeah, it's had a lot of, because um, this is the thing, you have to take the good with the bad, right? And so sure. some of these people find these letters really engaging and it's almost like this 
socio-anthropological study of the MENA region or like the Middle Eastern region. Um, But also it can trigger a lot of people because, you know, especially the letters that target, that are sort of like Emirati centric, I think, Mm. or like Saudi centric or just like GCC centric are really triggering because a lot of people are of the of the sort of opinion that this doesn't exist in our society and you kind yeah. of bringing this to the foreground is only highlighting a very negative aspect of our society which mm-hmm. in actual fact um really um you know isn't um like not it's like not one uh, you know we're not one size fits all so in a way you can't please everyone and not everyone will be pleased and i think what happens is they get these sort of like they rally the troops and they just kind of go like, we're going to attack and we're going to report this account and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then in the end it gets shut down. And then I have to go through this really long and tedious process through Facebook and Instagram to get it, to get it put back up again. And there was many times where I just kind of gave up and I was like, you know what, maybe this is just a project that exists in a very specific incubated timeline. And then that's it. But, um, I was very, I've done a, a different podcast where I've kind of said, do not say that I'm the founder of the Lessons Project, remove myself as the figurehead. I do not want to be uh, representing the um, Lessons Project because they would come for me. Like I would have death threats in my Instagram, like by my personal oh Instagram. My God. Account. Oh yeah. Like it wasn't like, it wasn't a walk in the park. Like I was having people being like, look over your shoulder. Like, I'm going to like, I'm going to like um, stab you the next time I see you, I'm going to beat you what? up. Like I'm, I can find out where you live. And some people would do it on their public accounts, like actual people um, that would do it on their public accounts and other people that would do it uh, on their private accounts. And I had to go like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of like things happening behind the scenes. So wow. when I split up the Lettuce Project to 11 people, I did it without sort of showing, like without a foregrounding their identity. I did it as a way to protect myself and protect them and also to um, mess around with the algorithm because I have people from all over the world. And what was happening is that the algorithm was becoming very sort of like either UAE centric or GCC centric. Yeah. And I was trying to kind of get it out of that. And no matter what I did, it would still go back to being um, very uh, like Gulf centric. Mm. Um, but we do have a lot of letters. Like we have letters from like Australia, America, Kuwait, India, wow. So there are those that kind of sit on the periphery of being within the sort of like geographical proximity to the UAE. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, it's it's definitely been like, a, it's been a really tedious journey. So, yeah. Wow. I just, I didn't even think about that. Like, obviously, like there's a risk that comes with you um, being a catalyst for those kind of, you know, like you said, taboo conversations that our society doesn't necessarily welcome, but death threats and being shut down so many times like I honestly applaud your effort to keep pushing and give people a platform to speak up their minds because some of the stories on there are so intense that this is almost therapeutic for people that are doing this right so for me it's like I understand that some people might not agree with the stories out there but that does not necessarily like unless they're harming you directly which they're not I don't think you have a say in whether or not this person should be allowed to express themselves especially when they're anonymous there's no name and shame. Like you said, they're not embarrassing a family, which that part I, I would understand in this culture, but that's not happening. So, I mean, yeah. kudos to you for, for sticking also, to that. 
it, that would also be like illegal, <laughs> like That's like exactly. slander, like public public slander and like discrimination against sort of a body of people by really sort of naming and shaming is is illegal. So um, so I think that allowing for this anonymity, it, it allows for people to have these types of conversations and actually to make change. So there's a letter that happened, um, I'll kind of like split this answer into two answers. So the first part of this answer is that like, it advocates for change in sort of like one sphere where when people are exposed to these types of stories, it desensitizes, which mm-hmm. is a blessing in a curse, it desensitizes and it it alleviates the sort of taboo undertone of these types of conversations where it's no longer stigmatized as much as it used to be. So people can speak freely and speak openly. And then the comment section starts to engage. Because like, I mean, the letter is one thing, but the comment section is like a completely different ballgame. And so um, it goes to show like what, what good can come out of it. So there was, um, there were several stories. So the first story that comes to mind is this was back, I think in 2018. So 1819, um, the Letters Project had just come back online um, for the first time. And um, there was a letter written by somebody who had been sexually assaulted and they had ex- described the person with, with like peppered details not specifically to that person, that when that story came out, there was at least, I would say comfortably, 15 to 20 women that came forward in the DM saying, I know who this person is and they did it to me too. Oh my and, God. And what happened is that it was somebody that was quite prominent in the community. And so they took it upon themselves to actually rally their own tribe and their own troops to take this person down in a very kind of like subtle way but they knew that they all shared this kind of common bond the person was not named the person mm-hmm. was not in any way shape or form sort of like um like there wasn't a, a specific trait that this person had but they had there were a few kind of like hints of who this person was and mm-hmm. that triggered at least like I said 50, I think it was about, I think it was 17, but I would say comfortably 15 to 20 women that came forward that said that they had had this person do this to them too. And so it became this kind of bond of sisterhood where they worked together to try and move forward. And right. so they knew the, the letter provided a safe space for people to know that they're not alone and that they can reach out and they can have these conversations with people. And um, another letter was a was a a, um, a man who had lost his 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 wife, um, and she had passed away, and he was raising this daughter, and she um, really wanted to be a pilot, and he was writing this letter as a sort of like plea that he didn't know what to do for her birthday, and he was asking people what to do um, as a father because he felt he was failing as a father, and his wife had passed, Aww. and he didn't raise her and it was a really heart-wrenching story and I cannot tell you how many catering companies bakeries um uh uh representatives from airlines uh there was a bunch of airlines that came forward saying that like you know we are from the marketing communications team at this airline or this airline we want to speak to this girl we want to make her dreams come true and invite her to come and see you know uh how planes 
flown. Pilots came forward. Pilots were tagged in the Instagram post and people were offering free cakes. They were saying, we're going to bake her the cake. Don't worry about it. And so there's a lot of good that can come out of it. Even if the story is heart-wrenching, there's, there's yeah. a lot of good that can come out. That, it, that's yeah. beautiful. No, honestly, I think that it's it just shows it brings out the best of us. Like it brings up both the best in us and it also brings out the kind of sense of community, like you said. So I definitely think that there's a lot more where this, like the Letters Project can go if given, you know, the space and the, and the opportunity to do it. Like, I, I think this could actually make some tangible change. Um, having said that, you've been mentioning about a lot of, you know, DMs that, that you get whenever you get a story. Have there any kind of been funny DMs that you've received or any kind of funny stories that have happened along this way? Yeah, there's so many. I mean, like I said, this has been going on for like four or five years now. Um, and oh God. okay, so there was a story that came out, I, I would say like relatively recent. It's like sort of mid pandemic was a story about a sugar baby. And um, it was so funny because the story was this woman kind of talking about how she was like a sugar baby and explaining the sort of like ins and outs of like the sugar baby trait. And like, I even like was reading this going like, I didn't even know this existed sort of um, not in the, I mean, obviously like sugar babies exist, but more in the sense that they're like, there's not one sugar daddy, there's several sugar daddies. And like, you can pick and choose. Like, I was like, I didn't even know there was an art to it, but, but great. I mean, that's amazing for the sugar babies, you know, but the story um, was shared I think if I'm not mistaken, I can, I can actually check right now, just like live as we can check how much this was, this was shared. Um, it was shared about, I would say 14,000, 14,000 times was shared. What? This story. 14,000, like 14,000 people, like what is it happening? So 14,000 people were exposed to the story. Um, and so people were sliding in the DMs being like, this is a disgrace. This does not happen in our society. But like, can I get the number of this sugar daddy? Like it would always flip. Like it would always be like, this is horrible. I cannot believe that people would like spend so much money. But actually, can you give me like this Khalifa guy's number? Like oh always. And, and, and it was always like, it, it was very sort of like gendered in the sense that like the women would come forward and say like, you know, like I'm, I'm appalled by this, but can I have his number or one of the sugar? What a double like, standard. Do you know? like... <laughs> and wow. do you, um, and the funny thing about it is that actually like a lot of funny stories come from the fact that like people actually, um, they come forward to me and I have never revealed their identity. So I actually know who this sugar baby is. Mm -hmm. uh, she's so it's, it's nice to know that like, even through all of this, like I'm able to be exposed and I've never, I never reveal anyone. Like I know right. a lot, like there's like, you know, some stories about like infidelity or things like that. People would slide in the DMs and they would say, you know, like, thank you so much for posting my story. And then I would have to go through a verification process. Like, at what time did you submit the story? And they would say between this and this and that. And then I would go into the website and check. And if it would align with the submission time, because we don't post straight away. We post mm -hmm. within a three to five day bracket. So I see. if I would ask somebody, you know, when did you send it? They would say like, oh, I sent this on Thursday between the hours of six and blah, blah, blah. So I'd go back and I would check. Um, when this letter was submitted and that would be the verification 
and like you know they would say you know like oh this is the person like you know I've I've you know I've I've been involved with somebody who is married and this is the person I'd be like like do you know so I yeah there's a lot of things that get exposed behind the scenes oh, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah, yeah wow you really actually have a lot of power in your hands Sarah I gotta, I gotta tell exactly, you but like I never I never abuse it I never abuse it and <laughs> I'm like I'm always sort of like a big proponent like I'm not like the least judgmental person like you could literally say anything to me and it would not yeah. phase me because I have a very sort of elastic understanding of like boundaries so I mean so if someone came to me and said like oh you know I'm this this that I'm like okay cool you do you boo like it's not it's not like I, I it, nothing surprises me behind the scenes of the yeah. dms of the last project nothing surprises me this uh this brings me to my final question for today um what piece of advice do you have for people that are potentially looking for a platform like this or want to start a platform like this but maybe you know are too scared because of like society what do you think um, that's a really interesting question. And I wish I had the answer to it because I did, I, I really don't know how this took off. Like, I think people, what's, what's really interesting is that people don't realize that like the lettuce project is, is, is sort of homegrown. It's like a grassroots initiative in right. the sense that like, you know, there's, I don't know, 20, I think 25,000 or maybe even more now, 25,000 followers. These are real people. These are not like fake accounts. I mean, yeah. they do, they do, um, follow the lettuce project on like fake accounts but but if you look at the sort of like conversion like uh ratings um of the lettuce project it's pretty solid like these are real people really interacting with this account and just because somebody doesn't like so when people see the lettuce project and they see for example that there's a letter that says that it's like only 300 likes but they don't know the the, the analytics behind it like if you mm -hmm. go to the analytics and shared 10,000 times, or it's been reposted uh, like a right. myriad of times. So, so it's not just what you see. Mm -hmm. And so with the Lettuce Project, you have to sort of find a gap in, in, in society or have something that people are interested in generating. And you press on that and you right. hone in on that. And I'm also a firm believer that like everything serves its own time. So the Lettuce Project might not survive another six months months let alone a year like I don't know where the last project is going to go and I am keen to start um a podcast but even that in itself is 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 sort of problematic because it starts to assign faces to the right. and even voices and and voices yeah so um so my suggestion would, for somebody is to just honestly if they're passionate about something it should drive um civic society to want to invest because the amount of people that dislike the lessons project does not outweigh the amount of people that like the lessons project mm -hmm. um so i think that with them they have to find something that is going to be generated for the people by the people and at least that's the, my only advice because like who that. knows the lettuce project could get shut down tomorrow you know after your podcast it could get shut down who knows i have no <laughs> idea but you know I like that generated for the people by the people. It's very much like people driven people purpose. That's that's a really like like I can see that like the the heart and soul of the Lettuce Project is just just for the people. So it's it's not for the sake of like the likes or the engagement. If it's for the sake of actually helping people, bring people together, share stories that that might resonate with more than one person. And I think that's something beautiful that you've done, especially in a time where there's still a pandemic and people are still are you know virtual or separated. Like they can at least kind of feel 
together or united through this other project. Um, but I do want to thank you very much for your time and talking to me. I learned so much. <laughs> so, yeah, so. well, the dirt, the tea behind, you know, the Lester project. <laughs> yes, um, it's it's also interesting to have someone who doesn't really have a traditional, like, conventional business kind of story of like how you started this. It's like the like the challenges that you've listed here. It's it's just uh, crazy to think that you've you know been shut down three times and you got got back up on your feet and you made sure that this stayed out there and. Like you said, that it may not last forever, but for the moment, this is, you know, where your passion lies. And I think that's very inspiring. Um, but yeah, thank you for your time. And I look forward to reading more letters. <laughs> thank you so much. And please submit. Like, like I said, I don't know who submits. And, and this was also something that people had raised just as a final comment. People always say, like, well, how do you know that stories are real? You know, how, really? how do you actually know they're real? And, and, and my question is, like, does it even matter? If somebody's taking the time to write something like, and you don't know who they are and you don't know where they come from and you have no idea who's behind the, um, the, the, the sort of the, the narrative that's being told, does it even matter? Because I, I for one know of people that have written letters on behalf of somebody else because the person either didn't have the language or the facilities oh. or even the means to write the letter. Like either they, like there was a story about, you know, a girl being sort of like abused at home and she didn't have access to a phone. So she, so I think it was like the maid wrote the letter for her because she didn't have a phone. And so there's, there's so many different back end stories. And I think that with the letters project, people want to make the argue that it's like kind of like sensationalized. Mm. But what's interesting enough is that like, if you actually look at the, if I, if I was to give a number, I would say I have received over the last um, like four years, I've received a, a, maybe two to two to two and a half thousand letters. So, wow. but they get regenerated and then they get deleted. So like there is no digital trail. So it's just, mm. it's, it's something that's just like, a, it's very cyclical. So mm -hmm. I think that with these stories, they change the time frame and they also change the tone depending on what contemporary culture is discussing. So there's political correctness wow. that comes into play. There's a lot of, there's all these different things. Cancel culture comes into play, like um, cultural appropriation comes into play and it all is, it's all a reflection of civic society. So who knows what's gonna happen in the next like week, let alone month, let alone year. I'm I'm in awe, honestly, Sarah. I, I think that this is a really, really, really cool thing. I personally have never seen this before. I think massive kudos to you for doing this. I know that you're giving people a voice. And the beautiful thing is, is that they don't feel ashamed to say what they're saying. They just want to share it with someone. This is, for most people, it could be the first time they're even saying this out loud because of how tra traumatic the stories may be. So oh, I, I'm like your number one fan officially. I am going to- promote the letters project as much as I possibly can as well. I, I encourage everyone listening to this episode as well to, to look through it. Even if you don't have a story to tell, look through the stories, see which ones resonate with you, send a DM if there's any way that you want to help the person. But I'm, I'm just, this is all I can say. Thank you. Literally. Thank you very much. It's, <laughs> it's, it's really, it's really like, I mean, I, I could literally talk for hours about how many success stories <laughs> have been from like the letters project. Uh, but wow. you know, thank you so much for having 
for having me on this platform and hopefully the letters letters project will stick around because who knows honestly who knows and um <laughs> and yeah i really appreciate it but thank you so much for for this platform and this time of course and um yeah hopefully i'll be able to do another interview for you very soon to kind of catch up with you and see how things are going <laughs> yeah <laughs> hopefully it'll be like a positive it's story not like well you know shut down <laughs> but yeah <laughs> cool thank you so much sarah thank you guys bye Bye.